0: Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee, this is Wisconsin's Morning News. In for Vince Petrano, here's Greg Matzik.
1: All right, it's your mission today. Count how many people on TV are wearing red, right? Watch your local news, watch your CNN, whatever station you'd like. Whoever's wearing red. I've got two here in the studio. I'm setting the over-under at 64. 64? Why that? 64 people. Every time I look up, somebody's going to be wearing
2: red, I feel like, on TV. Well, I wore dark... Gray and jeans for you today.
1: Uh, yes, way to buck the trend here. It is Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day to one and all. Greg Madsik and Adam Roberts with you. Balloons make for a great Valentine's Day gift, right? But if you're not careful, they can leave you and thousands of others in the dark. I love this uh, little gram from We Energies. Sure. Since 2020, over 100,000 We Energy customers have faced power outages caused by those mischievous Mylar balloons. So here's the deal, right? They come into contact with power lines, and they act as a conductor. They cause a short circuit, and then all of a sudden
2: you can't watch TV. Uh, my favorite line from this whole thing comes right at the bottom. Nothing says romance more than being prepared for power outages. Fancy meals? No. Chocolates? No. Extra candles, batteries, and a flashlight. Ooh, baby.
1: We Energies reminds you to never release balloons outside. Make sure balloons are tied securely to a weight. Keep the balloons away from power lines and don't touch balloons entangled in wires. And uh, if you're looking for some alternatives, maybe you don't want to have a balloon left uh, lift off in your yard today. Maybe, according to We Energies, you could do something romantic and cook, cook a simple meal together, snuggle safely, buy a carbon monoxide detector for get, <laughs> together, <laughs> or assemble energy. And- an emergency kit together. Nothing romance quite ain't says dead, baby. Romance. Not at all. Happy Valentine's Day to one and all. Greg Hill's here. Happy Valentine's Day to Pancake. He's got the night in sports coming up after this.
3: Time for a WTMJ Sports Update. Here's Greg Hill. Yeah, we'll start with the Bucks this morning, hosting the Jimmy Butler-less heat.
1: 25-point lead for the Kevin Love. Tease up another three and sticks it. The beat goes on, and a
4: timeout
3: from Milwaukee. You can hear the exasperation in Dave Kane's call on WTMJ last night. The Bucks fall to the Heat, one twenty-three to ninety-seven. There were times when the Bucks at least cut it to single digits, but an offensive drought coming out of the half, confusion on the
5: pick and roll constantly. The Heat just took off with it. Doc Rivers not thrilled with the defense. It's the first night that I didn't think we were into the ball like we've been in. I thought we backed up tonight. Uh, We reverted back tonight defensively. Not throw with the offense either. As bad as it looked defensively, I thought our offense was way worse tonight. I thought it started early. We're shooting 51%. At halftime, and I thought we were playing just awful offense.
3: Yeah, the Bucks look to bounce back as they head to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies on Thursday, the last game before the probably well-needed NBA All-Star break. All right, how about some happy basketball? Kolick in the lane, short, named it again. He got his own rebound, throws it back out to Cam Jones. He'll try three. it Oh my it goodness!
2: In. ATM, ATM, they're is open.
3: It is is only a Tuesday, so the bank should be open. Yeah, nothing like a Cam Jones banked in three to bring basketball spirits up. Homer and Marquette Hall of Famer Tony Smith on the call. The Golden Eagles get their revenge on the Butler Bulldogs, 78-72, the final score. Butler, the last team to beat the Golden Eagles before their current eight-game win streak that they're on right now. They take that win streak into number one-ranked UConn on Saturday afternoon. Circle that one on your calendar. Tip-off set for two on Saturday. As always, catch that game on the home of Marquette Basketball, 94.5 ESPN, Milwaukee. The sound of 15 straight wins. Yeah! those cowbells. The Admirals continue their record-breaking streak being the Chicago Wolves 5-2 on home ice last night. Taking a look at the standings, the Ads have a comfortable lead in the Central Division. A difference of 16 points between the Admirals and the second-placed Grand Rapids Griffins. 29 games left in the AHL regular season for the Admirals before the playoffs arrive. Let's ride this winning streak as long as we can. 15 straight wins is fantastic. The Admirals, they head to Winnipeg to take on the Manitoba Moose on Saturday afternoon. Finally, pitchers and catchers they report tomorrow for the brewers can you believe it we have brewers play-by-play man jeff lavering coming up at 720 this morning
1: all right greg looking forward to that well overnight uh, some interesting news here with uh house speaker mike johnson understanding what's happening here at the senate passing a 95 billion dollar foreign aid bill to ukraine israel and taiwan will it get to the floor that remains a question stephen portnoy is going to join us coming up on the other side along with some breaking news overnight we'll have it after this The big news out of Washington, both late last night and earlier in the day, the Senate passing a $95 billion foreign aid bill for Ukraine, Israel, and Taiwan on Tuesday. More than 20 Republicans defying President, former President Donald Trump. He's spoken out against the bill. But where does it go from here? We welcome in ABC's Stephen Portnoy. I, what happens, Stephen, if Speaker Johnson doesn't take the bill to the floor?
4: Well, that's a fine question, and there's a, a, a bunch of different ways to tackle it. I mean, you could say, what are the implications for our allies, Ukraine and Israel? What are the political implications? You know, the president yesterday spent several minutes talking with reporters at the White House, saying that uh, America can't shirk its responsibilities to the, to the international community and to our partners abroad. So th- that's, you know, what could happen if Congress doesn't act. Uh, wh- what will Speaker Johnson do? What will the House do? is a completely separate question and it really uh, gets into the inter-party dynamics and the problem that Speaker Johnson faces. You know, last night there was a special election on Long Island, New York to replace George Santos, the congressman who was ousted by the House in an expulsion vote. Well, a Democrat won, which means that the Republican majority in the House is that much more narrow. In fact, now, Uh, Speaker Johnson can only afford two defections in strict party line votes. And just last night, in advance of the special election, on a single vote, the House of Representatives impeached the Homeland Security Secretary, Alejandro Mayorkas. Again, a single vote, and it was the second attempt to get it done. So, um, what is Speaker Johnson going to do on this foreign aid bill? He has said that the House will work its will. He's disappointed that the Senate didn't send over to the House a measure that includes border security. Of course, it was Senate Republicans who killed the bipartisan border compromise that had been worked out over months because uh, uh, Speaker Johnson, former President Trump, blasted it. They said it wasn't tough enough. So what will the House do? Will Speaker Johnson seek to add some of those stricter border provisions in the H.R. 2 bill to the foreign aid package and then try to send it back to the Senate where it'll probably get stripped out and who knows what'll happen there? Or... Will Democrats seek to use a rarely employed procedural move known as a discharge petition that involves getting a majority of the House to sign on to a motion to bring the measure to the floor despite the Speaker's opposition? We'll see what happens.
2: Stephen, with the Mayorkas vote, I know it was very close once again, 214 to 213. Locally, notably, uh, Mike Gallagher, who has announced he will not seek re-election in Wisconsin, was one of those dissenting Republican votes. Do we know on the vote last night who flipped, and then what is the likelihood this has any life at all in the Senate? Well, the reason why it
4: passed last night by a single vote and didn't on the first attempt is because there was a single member Republicans were counting on who was absent, and last week Democrats... Well, they thought they'd have an absentee vote uh, in uh, Congressman Al Green of Tennessee, uh, rather Texas. But he he showed up, and there was sort of a famous story in this. He was hospitalized with an emergency procedure and showed up at the the House chamber in hospital scrubs, wheeled in to cast a vote against impeaching Mayorkas. So last night with uh, uh, Majority Leader Scalise returning from his cancer treatment, that gave the GOP enough support to get this measure through. So it passed by a single vote. Now the question is, what does the Senate do? Does the Senate dismiss the charges out of hand? Again, the accusation is that Mayorkas has failed to enforce immigration law and therefore violated the public trust. And he also misled Congress about his efforts to enforce immigration law. And look, Democrats control the Senate. They're not going to convict Mayorkas by a two thirds vote. And even if they did, President Biden would likely appoint someone who would carry forward the same policies. So, Uh, It's expected that the Democrats who control the Senate will figure out one way or another to get out from under these impeachment articles whenever they're finally sent over by the House to the Senate. That's not expected to happen this week, maybe not even next week. Uh, There are two options for the Senate. One is to simply dismiss the charges. The other is to send them off to committee for review. And when judges, for example, are impeached for wrongdoing, that's usually what happens because the Senate uh, doesn't want to take up all its time to weigh the guilt of a particular judge. Uh, it's sent off to a committee of senators, and they can dig into the evidence and then report back to the full Senate, which usually acts on the recommendation.
1: Interesting turn of events to be sure. Stephen Portnoy, ABC News. Thank you, Stephen. You bet. Rough night for the Bucks, but the college teams hold suit, and the Admirals pick up their 15th straight win. greg
2: Scott, got a look at sports at 645. So, Greg, we noticed during the Super Bowl a lot of movie trailers. Not uncommon to see this, but for whatever reason, it felt like there were more than usual this year. And one of them was a preview for the upcoming Deadpool movie, which is already setting records. The trailer for Deadpool and Wolverine dropped Sunday during the Super Bowl. Your little cinematic universe is about to change forever. Full of Ryan Reynolds' Deadpool snark and very little actual Wolverine, but fans ate it up, a record 365 million views online in the first 24 hours of release. The most watched movie trailer in a day ever. That beats the trailer for 2021 Spider-Man No Way Home, which had 355 million views in its first 24 hours. Deadpool and Wolverine will be in theaters July 26th. Jason and ABC News. Hollywood. Feels terrible. I just am not a Marvel person. I watch them for my fiance because she's into them, but I have never gotten into the Marvel universe. Deadpool though I can I can handle.
1: That's it, all right. It was celebrity commercials and movie trailers. That was your Super Bowl, wasn't it? Basically. That's pretty much how it went down. Side to get limited WTMJ news time is 6:38. All right, so Dictionary.com is out with its 327 new words for 2024. Not all of them are words. Some of them are phrases. For example, bag. Holder. Bag holder. There you go. What are you doing if you're a bag holder? What are you doing? Well, you're somebody that hangs on to investments for too long, even though they're starting to lose value and you sort of double down on that, and you don't sell it, you hang on, you hang on, then ultimately it's worth nothing. Diamond hands, Greg. Diamond hands. You are known as a bag holder if you do such a thing. Bag holder. So, as usual, the update reflects words that are new to the dictionary, but they're not exactly new to the world, right? Right. For example, this particular word. Mid. 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 All right, the kids are using mid today to How describe do do? something that is just sort of eh, just sort of average, just sort of in between, right? You might say mid and fill in the blank. Midterm. Oh, that, that phone case, mid. Mid, yes, exactly. Well done. Mid. So there are several here that populate that sort of, I don't know, fill out the vernacular and lexicon of daily life. And again, you're talking about words that, I don't know, I, are these exactly new? Barbie. Core. Barbie core. Barbiecore. This is dressing up all in pink. Sounds like barbecue. <laughs> Essentially, this is dressing up all in
2: pink and just sort of getting your night on or your day on, whatever you want to do. I've seen this before with blank core, like cottage core. I have seen on my fiance's Pinterest page from time to time. It's just decorating your house as if it were a cottage. You can apply blank core to, I think, pretty much anything.
1: I don't have a lot of pink in my lineup. That is my Ick. a sudden feeling or disgust Or dislike, often in response to the actions of another person. So what is your... Ick. Your ick might be spiders.
2: Your ick might be tomatoes. It could be anything. I think my ick is uh, stains. Like, clothing stains, food stains. If I see someone walking around, they get out like like some tomato on their shirt, that's my
5: ick.
1: From skip-legging to bed-rotting, there's all sorts of different words and phrases in Dictionary.com's update for 2024, including this. Bussin'. Which is just awesome. 645 on WTMJ. Time for a WTMJ Sports Update. Here's Greg Hill.
3: Yeah, we'll start with the Bucks this morning. 25-point lead for the Kevin Love. Tees up another three and sticks it.
1: The beat goes on and a timeout from Milwaukee.
3: Yeah, not the best love message this Valentine's Day because the exasperation Dave's call really says that on WTMJ as the Bucks fall to the Heat 123-97. Now, there are times where the Bucks at least cut it to single digits, but paired with an offensive drought coming out of the half, constant confusion on the pick and roll, the Heat just took off with it. Head coach Doc Rivers not thrilled with the defense. It's
5: the first night that I didn't think we were into the ball like we've been in. I thought we backed up tonight. Uh, We reverted back tonight defensively. Yeah, but Coach, what about the offense? As bad as it looked defensively, I thought our offense was way worse tonight. I thought it started early. we were shooting 51% at halftime, and I thought we were playing just awful offense. Yeah,
3: the Bucks looked to bounce back as they head to Memphis to take on the Grizzlies on Thursday night, the last game before the much well-needed NBA All-Star break. All right, time for happy basketball. Matt Kolek in the lane. Short, short, he short. it again. He got his own rebound. Throws it back out to Cam Jones. He'll try it three. Oh, my goodness. In.
5: ATM!
2: ATM there! open.
3: It is is only a Tuesday, so the bank should be open. Yeah, nothing like a Cam Jones banked in three to bring your basketball spirits up. That's Homer and Marquette Hall of Famer Tony Smith on the call. The Golden Eagles get their revenge on the Butler Bulldogs. 78-72 the final. Butler the last team to beat the Golden Eagles before their current eight-game winning streak that they are on right now. Now they're taking that winning streak into number one ranked UConn on Saturday afternoon. So circle that one on your calendar. Tip-off set for 2 p.m. on Saturday. As always, catch that game on home of Marquette basketball. 94.5 94.5 ESPN Milwaukee. The good basketball news continues as the 20th-ranked Badgers beat Ohio State 62-54. to Next up for the Badgers, they take on Iowa in Iowa City on Saturday. And what is the sound of 15 straight wins? Cowbell's are ring, and the Admirals continue their record-breaking winning streak, beating the Chicago Wolves 5-2 on home ice last night. Taking a look at the standing ad- standings, Admirals have a comfortable leave in the Central Division. A difference of 16 whole points between the Ads and the second-place Grand Rapids Griffins. Now 29 games left in the AHL regular season for the Ads before the playoffs start. We'll ride this winning streak as long as we can. 15 straight wins. Just absolutely fantastic. Next up for the Ads, they head to Winnipeg to take on the Manitoba Moose on Saturday afternoon. Yeah, no
1: doubt. Uh, the Admirals in Marquette in Wisconsin, Boston. no doubt about about that unfortunately for the bucks last night that's just kind of how it goes 648 on wtmj so the push for a referendum to support mps gained two key endorsements from milwaukee mayor cavalier johnson and milwaukee county executive david crawley it'll go to referendum on april 2nd which ultimately means a tax increase for those who live in the city of Milwaukee. Joining us in studio, Dr. Ken Harris, 101.7 The Truth. You hear a show four to six every weekday. What's going to happen here when this goes to referendum on April 2nd?
0: I don't know. But I'm torn. I'm tired of giving NPS money. I'm tired of not being good stewards over what we've already given them. Um, You could save some of that money by lowering the raise you gave the superintendent. Uh, We've got open buildings. As in, nobody's in the building. They're, they're closed, and we don't want to sell them for whatever reason. So I think we've already given them about $50 million in 2020, and you want another $252 million. But the teachers keep complaining they don't have any money, and we keep complaining we don't have any resources, and we don't have books. We don't have supplies. So where exactly is this money going?
2: So that's interesting. So for context, like you mentioned, in 2020, there was already a yes vote on the last referendum. Right. So I guess, where did that money go and why all of a sudden are we asking for more now? And so what I would say is if you want it, you should produce a budget for
0: that's binding, right? So if the referendum passes, this is what you have to do with the budget. This is where the money goes. This is how it's spent. We do the budget first, then do the referendum so we know where that money's going. Because the last time they said it in terms of doing what they were supposed to do, it went to teacher salary. And I understand it. But then tell me up front. Don't don't surprise me. Not to mention all the COVID money, all the money from the state, all the money from the feds. Where'd it go?
1: And meanwhile, enrollment is down. Teachers, right. it's a shortage of teachers. There aren't right. even enough bus drivers. Well, th- think about this. If you run a business and you've got
0: 100 employees and next year you had 75 employees, but You went to your board of directors and said, I need a budget for one hundred and fifty. Like, well, well, how you don't even have them. But yet we're we're spending money as if we're at full capacity. And it just doesn't make any sense.
1: So just to do a little bit of math on here, if you have a two hundred thousand dollar home and you're in Milwaukee, it would be an increase of about four hundred thirty two dollars on your tax bill every year. That is not insignificant for some, I'm sure. That's about a 10% tax increase. Yes, it is a significant. If you look at it from a percentage standpoint, some people, sure, whatever, it is what it is, and they'll go on and pay for it. Maybe they have children in MPS. Maybe they believe in it and are happy putting on uh, additional funding for MPS. But others, I think, are going to throw their hands up and be like, well, what are we doing here again? Right. Right. Absolutely. So I'm, I'm, I'm very Absolutely. curious. I, I don't know if it'll be a split vote in the referendum. Uh, clearly, the uh, city leadership is behind it and, and asking voters to raise city property taxes, ultimately to provide MPS with that two hundred fifty two million. Uh, but they've got about a month and change here to, you know, get behind what they're supporting and try and get this thing to pass with a yes. I'm skeptical that it will.
0: I love the fact that you said get behind. Right. Get behind the MPS tax increase, get behind the two percent tax increase, get behind like at, at some point homeowners are going to give or they're going to move out.
2: I was going to say, so what do you think
0: that line is for I don't people? Know. And we haven't even started the Common Council increase where it's what, 15 percent? Like, what exactly are we doing? Are we being good fiscal stewards? I, I don't get it.
1: It is interesting. Property tax is already very high in Milwaukee County, as yeah. we've documented year yes. after year. Meanwhile, you've got uh, you know those who live in Washington County and city leaders out there saying, hey, come move by yep. us. Yep. We've got plenty of room. We'll take you. Our taxes are much lower. Cracker yep. barrel, baby. Right. They are all over this. Hopping on it. Dr. Ken Harris, what do you have coming up later today, by the way? I've got, I'm have
0: got. i going to be talking about this, and I'm going to be talking about some very, very secret information I received. Okay. Mm. Well,
1: happy Valentine's Day to Dr. Ken Harris, That's 4 absolutely. to 6, Same 101, me. 7 to Truth. Thank you, Dr. To Ken. 656 on WTMJ.